Good morning, and welcome to our Monday morning talks. This week, Sarah Hogan, our student minister here at FCC, is with me, and we're in the middle of a series called Idle Living, uh, and we're talking about the things that we worship um, or sort of prioritize more importantly than God, um, things that sort of are obvious. And then I would say this week, it seems like post-sermon that it should be obvious to us, but I would say it's a less obvious idol for sure. I've never heard it. I, I think I even said first service yesterday, like I've never heard this preached about as an idol yeah, presented um, that way. And and honestly, like I think I even said, like I don't I would not expect this sermon to win any popularity awards <laughs> to like because it's just it's just tough, but the the idol we talked about is feelings. And um this this is a story I didn't use in the sermon yesterday. It's not even really a story, it's just a survey, but um, it kind of helps, I think, set up. So there, there was a recent seminar called The Dangers of Relying on Our Emotions. And two questions were posed to a group uh, before the instruction began. The, the questions were, was the emotion you experienced, what was the emotion you experienced most strongly today? And the second question was, what emotion do you struggle with the most on a day-to-day basis? Uh, and, and so the, the group that was asked these questions for the seminar, it was comprised of committed Christians, church leaders, and staff, and most were graduates or students within a biblical counseling program. So these are, these are committed <laughs> followers of Christ, yeah. leaders in the church, People who've been and, in even, the word a lot. and even counselors. Yeah. And the result were, was really startling, uh, of, of, and the answers to these questions, they were submitted anonymously totaled by the instructor out of 31 responses. Only eight conveyed a positive emotion as the dominant feeling of the day. Uh, the most reported were joy, peace, thankfulness, and happiness. But the 23, <laughs> so many more. the 23 remaining answers. So that's like what? Three quarters, yeah, basically, much. of the group. Of Three quarters of the group said frustration, anger, anxiety, fear, stress, shame, regret. Um, their, their question was, how could the body of Christ be so miserable? <laughs> how in the presence and provision of our Lord and Savior could these feelings become the central experience of a routine day of living. And here's the thing I, I looking back, I don't remember when this survey was from, I probably could find out, but I'm guessing if it was pre COVID, it would be worse than three quarters now. Yeah. When I was just thinking, if these are people who know God is present, they, they know God, they know his word. Like what if you surveyed people who didn't know God at all and had no hope of that in their lives? I'm sure it would be way worse, which I mean, that's already bad. Three fourths negative. Well, well, we were talking about it. Like our culture has become so feelings oriented and based. Yeah. I mean, it's why we medicate the way that we do because we don't want (laughs) to feel pain. We don't want to feel bad at all. Um, and we're looking for answers to that and 
all the wrong places. I mean, we talked about it. Like, this is why we're so confused about what love is. I mean, yeah. we think love is a feeling. Um, and, and so we try to like recreate feelings yeah. that, that we had for a person or, you know, and, and it's just like, gosh, this is just so op- And, and, and we even talked about, I, I mentioned it in the sermon, like we're, we're an emo. I think I called us an emoji culture, yeah. <laughs> but just, I mean, that's kind of how we operate and it's created this major problem for us because we are so focused on how things make us feel and that directing yeah. what we do, where we go. Yeah. I don't, I know, especially the love thing. I mean, if the romantic comedies, you know, things that we just grow up watching where it's like, if I don't have this giddy feeling of love, you know, all the time, do I still love this person really? And we know that's not realistic. And so, yeah, I think that gets us in trouble if, if we don't understand that, nope, that's just a feeling and we shouldn't be putting that above. Yeah. Well, and it's just, it, I mean, really where the sermon went then, what that would have set up if I used it, but I just dug right in right from the beginning was just, we make emotional decisions. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Most of our decisions (laughs) (laughs) are made off of how we feel like, "Mm, I don't feel like I have a bad feeling about that place. I shouldn't go there. And I I even told Sarah before we started, like, well then gosh, if everybody did that, we wouldn't have missionaries at all. Cause it's just like, ah, that's a, I don't feel good about living in a third world country. Uh, I don't feel, and it's just like, okay, well then those people don't get to hear the gospel. And don't you think, um, while we're kind of on this, um, you know, our church is going through an evangelism class right now. Um, don't you think that feeling is the thing that almost stops everyone? You know, well, I don't want to share my faith with, you know, my aunt because I don't feel comfortable doing that. Like that's a feeling, that feeling of, or I'm afraid, I'm afraid to do this. Or honestly, we talk about this feeling a lot as a staff because I embrace it. But I mean, truly, (laughs) there are so many things we don't do because we feel awkward. (laughs) Yes. I feel like that. Calling me out in front of everybody. No, no, no. no. (laughs) I'm not calling you out. Like I hate I think, feeling awkward. I think, and that does that does I didn't even think about that before I started talking about But that. I think I think with I think with evangelism, like that's what stops us. Yeah, it's just like, awkward. Oh, I don't wanna I don't wanna have an awkward conversation. I don't wanna feel awkward. So I'm gonna avoid that. <laughs> yeah. And, wow. That does so, determine a lot of my decisions. That's an emotional Is this gonna decision. make me feel awkward? Mm, then maybe I shouldn't do that. But we make, I mean, so now I need to work on it. I think I said in the sermon, like we make, (laughs) we make emotional purchases all the time. Oh yeah. You know? And it's like, I remember in, I've got, I've received, I feel like financial counseling, even from sermons. I remember when I was on my internship, this was presented and I, Becca and I have tried to practice it, but it's just like, if I'm going to make a large purchase, you know, decide what that amount of money is. And then, you know, say, well, if I'm going to spend that amount of money, we're going to walk away and pray for at least 24 hours before um, we do it. 
it's a good idea. Because a lot of times if I do that and I walk away and go, I, I feel like I need this. <laughs> God, do I need this? Like, do I really need this? Yeah. Or is that just in my the feelings? Moment. Yeah, feelings in the moment of seeing it. Because <laughs> in preparing for this sermon, like the last few weeks, then it's just kind of heightened my senses to this whole thing. And hearing people like I've picked up on because I was thinking it and right. watch like I, I saw and heard so many people over the last few weeks say, just follow your heart, uh, yeah. follow your gut instincts. You know, I, I trust, trust in yourself, trust in your, and it's like, Oh yeah. no. And I love that. I mean, I have it written down in my notes here, but our hearts can be, and you mentioned it, our hearts can be so easily influenced. Like mm-hmm. our feelings can be so easily very easily influenced. So why would I make decisions based on that? Something when that I, changes so much. Yeah, and so quickly. Yeah. I mean, throughout the whole, even just one day, like we were talking about. That's So this verse I did not read in the sermon, but I love this verse. I just, like Trevor and I were talking about it this morning because I, what I, it's hard to balance a sermon series like this because it feels heavy. Because you walk away from some of these going, man, I do that. Do I do anything right? Yeah. Like, and so you don't <laughs> want to like just keep, but look, this verse, it's so it's Jeremiah 17, nine says, my heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. I mean, that's our hearts. Don't follow your heart. Yeah. Like, why would I trust my heart if if God's word says it is desperately sick? Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's evil. Um, Above all things, he says, and who can understand it? Like I, one of the illustrations that kind of set up the beginning of the sermon was just this idea that like, we need to understand we can't control other people's emotions. No, even though we, we would like to. Because honestly, we can't even understand. We can't even understand and, and control our own. Right. Most of the time, you know, like I brought up grief. I mean, yeah, grief is a grief. We can't control grief. For that. Grief creeps up and sometimes comes out of nowhere, and like we can't we can't control that feeling. So. Wh- Really, what all that is like setting up is just so then how do I make wise choices? How do I make wise decisions? Um, Yeah, and I was telling Ryan when I um, when I walked out of the sermon, I instantly thought and I think everyone can kind of relate. (laughs) There's always, you know, we're so busy. There's always something where maybe we're like, man, I really I don't feel like going to this. I don't want to do this. I've been busy. I want to stay at home alone. I don't want to go to whatever it might be. And I, I do that all the time too. And then, but I know I try to base my decision, you know, and my husband helps me. We need to go to this thing. You're right. So we do. And then we have a great time and we love being around the people that we were with and we got home and it's just like, I'm glad that we didn't follow that feeling. I'm just staying at home and we went out and we were with people and 
And I know everyone can relate, and that's kind of what we're talking about, making decisions based on you know, our mind and not our heart. Yeah. It, it's so hard. Like the couple, a couple of quotes that I, I think the big one was a C.S. Lewis quote yeah. um, from the abolition of man. And he just talked, he just talks about in the book where this quote comes from the context around it is just, this is not how we've always operated. Like there have been cultures and periods of time where people realize that like, Oh, that's true. Yeah. Like right now, our culture, you know, that it is a it is an emoji culture. It is a feeling based, like it's put yeah. in front of our faces all day, every day, that like we don't want to feel pain. We don't so all of these answers are just put in front of us all the time and distract us from even people who do have true hope in God, people who do find true joy in the Lord. Yeah on a day-to-day basis, like we have to navigate that, like, here are all these other things telling me they're going to make me feel better. They're going to make me feel good. They're going to, and like, ah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was telling Ryan that, that I, like, I honestly think personally, like that I, I find joy in the Lord and I, I'm just confused by why I like turn to other things to bring me joy instead of that and why it doesn't carry me throughout the whole day. But you're right. It's just, it's because we're not, I guess not, not taught that, but that's what our culture is teaching us. Yeah. Like, Oh, you're excited. Go out and reward yourself or you're sad. Go out and get something to make you feel better. Yeah. And yeah. And so the Lewis's quote was the heart never takes the place of the head, but it can and should obey it. And so there was kind of this underlying theme or thread that I was trying to carry through the whole sermon and really end strongly there that it's just like, it's kind of the chicken, which came first, the chicken or the egg, like which should come first, Um, my actions or my feelings, right? Like, should my feelings direct my actions or can my actions actually change and direct my feelings? Yeah, which and is, it, I love the story that you brought up about yeah. the the wife and the husband and how, you know, if she, well, I guess for people who weren't there, do you want I can to kind read of it sum real it quick. up? Yeah. I, I can just read the story real fast. Yeah. He, a woman came in to this pastor um, and she had a, she was full of hatred toward her husband. She said, I don't want to just get rid of him. I want to get even. Before I divorce him, I want to hurt him as much as he has me. And so the pastor said he suggested this plan. Go home. Act as if you really love your husband. Tell him how much he means to you. Praise him for every decent trait. Go out of your way to be as kind, considerate, generous as possible. Spare no efforts to please him. Enjoy him. Make him believe that you love him. And after you've convinced him of your undying love and that you can't live without him, then drop the bomb. Tell him that you're getting a divorce and it will really hurt him. And he just said with revenge in her eyes, she smiled. She said, beautiful. That is a great plan. I'll get him. And so she was supposed to come back to him like after a couple of months and he said he never heard from her. So he contacted her and he said, are you ready now to go through with the divorce? And she said, divorce, never. I discovered over the last couple of months, I really do love him. 
And he, his summary was her actions had changed her feelings. Yeah. Motion resulted in emotion. And the ability to love is established not so much by fervent promise as often repeated deeds. And so it's just getting back to like when I've preached on love before, I've said love is a verb. It isn't a noun. Yeah. It isn't something we feel necessarily. It isn't like it's it's something you do. Yeah. You love someone. You make a commitment to someone. You choose to treat them a certain way. And then what's nice is when we get it right. Like I think one of the quotes I had in there was like emotions are a terrible engine, but a great caboose. Yeah. So like when the engine is my actions, then my feelings, when then my feelings start to follow, that's just icing. Yeah. Like that's just a really great thing then to have an awesome experience or an awesome feeling to go with it, but it should never be the thing that's actually driving it. And if we can get this right, like I just think some of the negativity like we said in that survey, I mean, we see it around us all the time. Yeah. It's why, and, and I think it's why sometimes we just have to tell ourselves despite our emotions. Like, yeah. Right. Cause I think I've heard so many people say with this COVID stuff, like I really, it's really convenient. Actually. I really like worshiping from home. Yeah. Why do I need to go to church? And it's like, well, because the fellowship and yeah. the encouragement of other people, people and the accountability <laughs> and the, you know, the, there's something about that unity and brotherhood that's so important to God. And it's like, but if you, if you just say, well, I don't, I'm not feeling it today. Yeah. Like, and we're all, we all do that. Like there, <laughs> we all don't feel it at some point. Yeah. But well, then we isolate, we, gotta, yeah. we isolate, we remove it ourselves, more problems. we remove ourselves from love. We remove ourselves from encouragement. Yeah. And it's just like, no, sometimes like even when I'm not feeling it, I need to go through the motions and we, our culture has, has Satan's all over it. Oh, yeah. Our culture says, He's doing oh, job. <laughs> don't go, through, don't go through the motions because that's you being fake. Yeah. Don't fake it. And it's like, no, actually like sometimes maybe I really do need to fake it to make it. Yeah. Like I really do that's need true. to, I really need to fake it right now. I really need to go through some motion. To yeah. change my emotion. And I um, want to say like two things. The pastor in that story, like you could tell right from the get-go, he didn't say, go home and feel like you love your husband. <laughs> he always said, go home and act like you love your husband. Motion, like you're saying. And the train thing, I think, is perfect for when you said, you know, God just wants me to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, happiness is the caboose in that situation. Like if we follow God and we are obedient and, you know, in his will and his ways, like happiness follows that. Yeah. That is the biggest lie. And probably like the statement that has haunted me the most from probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with in ministry is just that statement. Don't you think God wants me to be happy? And it's like convincing someone how selfish that actually is because a lot of times and in the, in the context of that statement being made to me, it was like, do you understand that for you to be happy right now? Do you, do you realize with what you're doing? Number one, what you're doing is a sin, 
but you're saying it makes you happy. But number two, it, it, it may be making you happy, but it's making a lot of other people Someone unhappy. So how can you sit here and say to me right now, don't you think God wants me to be happy? And it's like, well, then, so God doesn't care about all these other people's happiness then? Yeah. Just your happiness? Not. <laughs> like, that's sketchy. Not so little, yeah. Foundation of thought. <laughs> yeah. So I just think, like, I think the hard thing about this sermon that's really going to stay with me for a while is just, it's where we live. Yeah. Changing this in my own life is is hard work. And just, I really, I really do think like, man, we, uh, we don't, we don't like to hear that. We don't like to be confronted with, man, I'm selfish. (laughs) We don't like to be confronted with, man, I'm not, you know, and, and so there are days when it's like, gosh, I experience and what's actually happening and how I'm feeling cannot be my standard for truth. Yeah. I need something greater than that. Um, I need a God who's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I need, I need his word that's been handed down through generations that is his expression to us of what truth is. Like I need that for wisdom and truth, not well, I was my just gonna experience. Say, and how that's so powerful. And just hearing you say that, like if you take a step back and you think that, and then you think, well, should I base what I'm doing off of this or because I feel sad today? Mm-hmm. Like it just makes sense, but it's hard in the moment. So we got to like almost train ourselves to have that thinking so that we can step back from our feelings and make that decision. Because, yeah, talking about it, well, of course I'm going to follow something that's constant and true as opposed to I'm very angry today. Yeah. It's just well, and it's why I like learning to do that. Even in, even, and, and that was one of the things that I said yesterday. Like I wanted to be careful because I do think like there are chronic levels of this. Yeah, definitely. That – Man, I'm not saying don't get help. I'm no, actually no, no, saying no. you should. You should get help. You know, because like, of that reason. You know, I, I think the Bible and and this fall will will realize that. I, I was just having a conversation with a counselor last week about this concept that like there's more mental health and emotional health are talked about more in scripture than we even realize. Yeah. Like Jesus and and the thing he brought up was just like Jesus in the garden. There is an extreme level of like anxiety that Jesus is experiencing in the garden of Gethsemane to the point that like a a legitimate like medical thing is happening. Like his capillaries are bursting. He's sweating blood over the anticipation of what he knows is coming. And so it's like, man, it goes back to like several sermons ago leading up to Easter that it's just like, man, Jesus experienced everything we do. Yeah. So he experienced what it was like to have to sort through and deal with all of these emotions and feelings that we have. Like he wept. 
yeah. at the death of Lazarus. Like he, he experienced grief. He experienced all of these things and did it on our behalf so that he could like identify with us. Right. In that. So well, it's I like think- when you, when you experience that to a chronic level, like it, doesn't mean something's wrong with you. Yeah. I was just going to say one one thing about culture that is, you know, because most of it is me, 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 feelings first. But just recently, I feel like, and I don't know if it's because of COVID, you know, mental health awareness has just been. And I think that's why we're seeing those tones now more in the Bible than we did because it just wasn't talked about. Right. Well, and, and, and going on, a, like having, being, being kind of put in a situation where like, I won't say not forced to, but like being told, Hey, you're going to take a sabbatical. And so then being, being, being kind of put in a position where it was like, I have to confront some of these things for myself and like, how healthy am I? And just being able to talk through that with wiser people than myself and like I'll never forget sitting down with someone and them and them actually putting words to me like, Oh, you're depressed. Like I didn't, I didn't, I would have, I would have never said like I'm experiencing depression. I wouldn't have put that. I wouldn't have said that, but like, man, you're right. Like I am and I need help. And like, that's really what we want to encourage as a church. Like I think this is a kingdom need right now for people to realize that like, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to say, I need help. Yeah. Just make sure you're getting it from the right place. Yeah. Or else those feelings do become your idol and your priority. And I mean, clearly we've just talked about, it's not the way to go. Yeah. It's not the way to go through life. It's miserable. Like all of those people in that study. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's about all I have, unless you have anything else. No. I mean, we okay. could talk about this all day, but yeah. you probably don't want us to. <laughs> There's a couple more weeks of the series left. I'm excited about them. We're going to talk about two more idols. One pretty obvious idol, um, even in scripture, and then one maybe again, not so obvious idol that I'll be preaching on this next week. Mark's going to wrap us up. Um, so yeah, thanks for, for listening and being a part of our conversation this morning. Have a good week.